right, everybody know they're prayer warriors? I have found out that those people who know how to pray know who they're talking to. You know what I'm saying? They know the God of who they are talking to. I found that out. You can tell people, uh, you know, we'll go out to eat with people, and there's people who want to pray over the meal. And, man, some people, whew, goodness gracious. I'm like, we're, we're in Papacitos. Like, quiet down a little bit, you know? Um, <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? There's some people, man, when it's time to pray, it's time to get down. We're going to pray. We're going to talk about a house of prayer this morning, Okay. The house of prayer. We are the church, right? We are the church. And as the church, we are going to pray. We're going to make this a house of prayer here in just a little bit. So for those of you who like to pray, this is your day. Uh, for those of you who are you're, you're learning how to pray or you're wanting to figure this out, this is your day. Because that's what we're going to do. Um, we're going to spend some time in prayer here in just a little bit. Now, when I, when I was a kid... Uh, my, my dad, I grew up in a pastor's home, and so my dad, uh, at church, we would have a prayer time. He would ask people to come forward and pray. And so as a kid, I, I thought that, you know, the longer you prayed, the more spiritual you were, right? <laughs> those people that pray a short prayer, eh, no, but those people who pray a long time, now they really know God, okay? So as an eight or nine-year-old, I wanted to show that I really knew God. Okay, but I was, you know, I'm pastor's son, I'm supposed to be spiritual, whatever. So he had asked people to come down to pray, and so I would come down, and I would sit front and center in the altar, and I put my head down on my arm like this, and I was going to pray, and I was determined I was going to be there past anybody else, okay? I was going to be the longest person that prayed, and that's just how it was going to be. So I put my head down, and I went to pray. I'm about eight or nine years old, and believe it or not, I fell asleep, um, and so uh, I, I was there, and I remember my dad coming over and, uh, and grabbing my shoulder, <laughs> uh, and he says, Adam, you can finish praying now. Church is over. <laughs> and I get up, and half the people had left. Um, so obviously, I was very spiritual. I prayed a long time. Um, and so that's, that's when I learned uh, praying, but, but it's important. We all know that prayer is important, obviously. Prayer is our connection with God, okay? Without that prayer, we have to, we have to stay connected to the Lord, connected to the vine, it says in Luke 15. But we want to stay connected to that vine. And there are people who, even though it, it, it seems simple, will just talk to the Lord. Prayer, it's an easy thing, just talk to God. For some people, it can be a struggle, or at least it's a struggle through periods of their life. How I many of you notice that? That there have been times in your life when, man, you and God have just been connected and you have prayer. And, 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 there, and then other times, it's just a struggle. It's just, hello, God, are you up there? Can you hear me? There's sometimes it's a, it's a struggle a little bit. And so there are questions of how to pray. In fact, this month, the phrase, how to pray, has been searched on YouTube over 20,000 times. Over 20,000 times they have searched how to pray on YouTube. So when you first hear that, I'm like, yes. That's how the, people are asking questions. They're trying to figure this out. And then I got to thinking about it. And I'm like, why are you asking YouTube? Why are you not asking the church? <laughs> like, isn't that a church question? That's not a YouTube question, is it? 
But people are searching for answers on YouTube, not the church. And I think there's something wrong with that. And I think that we as the church, every now and again, we've got to look at ourselves in the mirror, look at ourselves and go, are we doing what we are supposed to be doing for those out there, those pre-Christians, I like to say, the people who don't know about the Lord yet, what are we as the church doing to show them the way to Jesus? Why are people looking up Google and Facebook and YouTube on all these spiritual questions, and why are they not coming to the church? Well, there's probably many, many, many reasons for that. I think two reasons for that is sometimes the church looks a whole lot like the world anyway. And so if the church is going to look like the world, then what's the difference? I mean, there's, there's fighting and there's divorce and there's sexual sin outside the church, and there's fighting and there's divorce and there's sexual sin inside the church. So does it really matter who I ask? I'll just get on YouTube. We can't look like the world. We're different. We're set apart. Okay? We know the answer, and we've got to point them to that. And I think that's the second reason, or another reason, why they're looking everywhere else except for us, is because Jesus used to be the answer to questions. Jesus, I remember a time when Jesus was the answer to questions. Now it's you got a problem, oh, you got to read this book. You know? Or you, you need to get with this community of believers. It's really good. Now all those things are good, but that's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. And so when, when you have a problem, when, when the world has a problem, when we have a problem, we can read a book and it can help, and we can hang out with good Christians and that can help, but that's not the answer. The answer is Jesus. And so when we try to you know, pawn a book off or people off, well, that, that's what everybody, that's what Oprah does, okay? That's not what the church does. We point to Jesus, and we've got to get back to that. Is that, is that too old-fashioned? Okay, am I, am I preaching old-fashioned all of a sudden here? Jesus is the answer. This other stuff is not. Jesus is the answer. Believe it or not, this is not the first time that we have had some difficulties like this. If you have your Bibles, turn to Mark chapter 11. I'm actually going to be in a couple of places. Uh, I'm going to be in Mark chapter 11. I'm going to be in Isaiah chapter 56. Then I'll finally end in Matthew. But, uh, but Mark chapter 11, uh, this, is, this is a story uh, about, Je- we're going to talk about Jesus today, okay? If Jesus is the answer, we're going to talk about Jesus. And let's see what, what Jesus says about this. So in Mark chapter 11, this is, a, this is a, a, maybe a fan favorite story in the Bible for certain situations, okay? This is a certain situation story in the Bible that people like, okay? Mark chapter 11, starting in verse 15, it says, When they arrived back in Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple and began to drive out the people buying and selling animals for sacrifices. He knocked over tables of the money changers and chairs of those selling doves, and he stopped everyone from using the temple as a marketplace. This is, this is kind of a fan favorite story of, of those. I'm just so mad I'm going to flip tables over and everything. Jesus did it. It's okay, you know. What would Jesus do, okay? If he's mad, he just turned tables over. No, no, no. Jesus 
came in and saw what was happening, okay? And you guys know what, what the verse is, is next, I believe. But he comes in and he sees people that are using the church to their advantage. And that's not what the church is for. They were using the church to their advantage. They were using the church as a moneymaker, okay? They were bringing worldly ideas into the church, okay? What the church needs is more money, and if we have more money, we blah, blah, blah. They were using the church as a moneymaker. What they were doing, they were basically, they were taking advantage of people, okay? So there were people who could not afford to own uh, animals for sacrifice, which at that time, that was the only way to get repentance, for sin was to, was to uh, come to the temple and make a sacrifice. And so there were people who were outside who were selling animals at a higher price so that they could then get their repentance, okay? This is similar to scalpers at a football game. Have you seen this? You know, you're wanting to go to a football game, they cost 50 bucks, and you don't have tickets. So you go down there, and you see, you know, they're holding their tickets up. Oh, yeah, how much? $100 each. $100 is worth $50, you know? But those scalpers are taking advantage of people who don't have tickets. It's like, if you want to go in there, then you got to give me extra money. And that's a little bit of what was going on here. They were saying, you want to get repentance for your sin? You want to go into the temple? Well, then you need to give me some money for sacrifice. So they were using the church as a way to make extra money. So verse 17 says, he said to them, the scriptures declare, my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations, but you have turned it into a den of thieves. The house of God, the church, is supposed to be a place of safety, supposed to be a place that you can come in and that you can meet God, that you can pray, that you can worship, that you can be, yes, challenged with the word, but it's supposed to be a place that you can come and connect with God. But there are some who want to use the church to build up their standing or to make more money or to, or, or to all of these things. That's not to say that we shouldn't have paid staff. Yes, we're going to have paid staff, but those paid staff serve the church, okay? We don't do that to, we're not, we're not trying to make extra money here. We do that to serve the church. But there are people who, they, they will do that. We're not taking advantage of people. This place right here is supposed to be a place where we come and we meet God. And we have connection with God. And that's what Jesus is trying to say. Get this stuff out of here. We're not thinking like the world. We're not trying to earn a buck. We're here to meet God. That's what we're for. And that's what Jesus says. So he says, the scriptures declare my temple will be called a house of prayer. So let's go back to the the scriptures. Isaiah chapter 56. Let's see what it says. This is the scriptures that Jesus was talking about when he said that my house will be called a house of prayer. He says, this is what the Lord says in in, uh, Isaiah 56, verse 1. This is what the Lord says, Be just and fair to all. Do what is right and good. For I am coming soon to rescue you. We talked about rescuing last week. I am coming soon to rescue you, to display my righteousness among you. Blessed are those who are careful to do this. Blessed are those who honor my Sabbath days of rest and keep themselves from doing wrong. What we're doing right now, this is our Sabbath. This is supposed to be our time to come and to rest with the Lord. We rely on the Holy Spirit. We lean on Him. Okay? 
That's what, that's what this place is for. So blessed are those who are going to honor my Sabbath. We skip over to verse 6. It says, I will also bless the foreigners. Foreigners, that's me and you, okay? If you're not a Jew, you're a Gentile, so we're Gentiles unite. <laughs> okay? Here we are. This is us. We are foreigners, okay? So most of Isaiah talking about the Jewish people. Here's a section where we're mentioned. This is us, okay? We're not talking about Jews right now. We're talking about foreigners. He's going to talk about us for a second. I will also bless the foreigners, that's me and you, who commit themselves to the Lord, who serve him, who love his name, and who worship him and do not desecrate the Sabbath day of rest. We come here for a day of rest, to be with the Lord, to recharge our spiritual batteries. This is why we come, we're here, and who hold fast to my covenant. Verse 7, I will bring them to my holy mountain. This is still us. This isn't Jews. This is us. I will bring them to my holy mountain. He said, come to me. Come on. There's not, there's not special seating reserved for certain kind of people. No, you can come as well. I will bring them to my holy mountain of Jerusalem and will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. Will fill them with joy in my house of prayer. I will accept their burnt offerings and sacrifices because my temple will be called a house of prayer for all nations. That's what Jesus was quoting. That's what Jesus was referring to. He was quoting Isaiah to these people who were taking advantage of people and says, No, we're not taking advantage of, not, not in my house, okay? He was going Hakeem Olajuwon on people. Okay, He was blocking them, and he was saying, not in my house. That's what Jesus said, not in my house. Okay, yeah, I guess you can do whatever you want to in your house. In my house, this is a house of prayer. In my house, we're coming to connect with God. And that's what he said. He is, he is allowing that for all of us. When you come to my house, you're going to be just and you're going to be fair. You're going to do what's right and what's good because I'm coming to rescue you. I'm coming to do that. I display my righteousness. Blessed are those who do this. Commit themselves to the Lord, who love his name, who worship me, who do not desecrate the Sabbath. I will bring them to my holy mountain. I will accept their sacrifices. I will accept who they are. I will accept what they bring me. Whatever you're able to bring, I will accept it because you're mine. Because you're mine. And that's what we do here in the house. Well, what we do here in the house is we bring sacrifices. There are sometimes we've got to lay some stuff at the altar, even good stuff at the altar. But we lay it at the altar because that's, we look up to the Lord. You come to my rescue. So we bring this, we bring it to you. Listen, money is not the bottom line of the church. The bottom line of the church is the righteousness of God. The righteousness of God. That's where our focus is too. We, we just sung a song about the presence of the Lord. I talked with a, a, a pastor this week. We had a conversation and we, and we talked a little bit about some financial things. And we talked a little bit, you know, the church has to have insurance. The church, all these things the church has to have. And then the pastor looked at me and said, I just want the presence of God. I said, I'm with you. I understand we've got to have these things. But can we have the presence of God? That's what I want. 
If we have the presence of God in this house, then all those other things are going to take care of themselves. Because the bottom line of the church is the righteousness of God, not our righteousness, but His righteousness. Too often the church is influenced by the world instead of the world being influenced by the church. So what do we do? What do we do? We fight, right? We hope put up some pickets. We yell and scream on Facebook. How people are going to hell. That's how we do it, right? Listen, in a world that is looking for relationship, truth, and what's real, then we show them our relationship with God. There is a world who is looking for that. They are typing it in into YouTube. So many times we, we, we think it's us and then it's them and they're all evil. and We're good. No, no, no. They're looking just as we were looking at one point. They're looking. They're typing it into YouTube. They're searching for it on Google. They're looking. We've got to be available to them. And we've got to show our relationship. If the only thing that saves you is a relationship with God, then shouldn't we have a relationship with God? Shouldn't we show our relationship with God? Shouldn't we show it? Let me, this isn't in your notes, so don't freak out up there, okay? Luke chapter 11. This is interesting. Luke chapter 11. You don't have to turn there. I'm just going to read it real quick. Once Jesus was in a certain place praying, as he finished, one of his disciples came to him and said, Lord, teach us to pray. The disciples did not get on YouTube to try to figure it out, okay? The disciples went to Jesus. What's interesting is they didn't, they, they didn't ask Jesus, Jesus, teach us how to uh, cast demons out of people. Jesus, teach us how to heal the lame. Jesus, teach us how to walk on water. They said, Jesus, teach us how to pray. That's what they wanted Jesus to teach them how to do. That's interesting, right? Because they understood the connection that Jesus had to the Father, and it was different. I know that he was divine. Jesus was absolutely 100% divine. But there was a connection that he said. Jesus was constantly leaving the people to go to a hillside to pray, constantly. Listen, if Jesus, listen to me, if Jesus felt that he needed to go to disconnect and spend time in prayer with his heavenly father, how much do we need to do that? If Jesus, did, Jesus was always disconnecting from people to have a relationship with his heavenly father, so much so that the disciples wanted him to teach them how to do that. Not cast demons out. Teach us how to do that. Because what you do is incredible, and I want that. If Jesus can, felt like he needed to do that, how much more do we need to do that? So Jesus answers this prayer with what I was going to look at in Matthew, Matthew chapter 6. It's kind of the short version of, of what he says. Many of you know it. Some of you have it memorized as the Lord's Prayer. Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This then is how you should pray. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. 
Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. And if you know the King James, for thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. I memorized it in the King James, but I was reading it in the NIV, so I got messed up there for a second. That's what he says to do. He says, pray like this. You want to know how to pray? Here's how you pray. So you can repeat that prayer over and over. That's fine. Let's break down what he's, let's break down this prayer and what he says to do, okay? When you break this down, there's, there's three things he's wanting to do. So it's this pray by three, okay? That's kind of what I, what I say. So normally I'll, I'll do like a three by three. So I'm going to pray, I'm going to try to pray for three things, and these are the, and I'm going to pray it in three ways, okay? So for those of you who are trying to figure out your prayer, this is something that helps me, that I kind of revert back to. For those of you who, you know how to pray, but hey, let's try something different. Well, this is what we do. So it starts off, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's praising God. That's thanking God. That's putting God where he is above us, okay? So we praise God. Jesus said, start, start your prayer off and praise the Lord. So God, I pray for, or I, I praise God for this. So you're praising or you're thanking God for something. Then he says, your kingdom come, your will be done as on earth as it is in heaven. So this is a your will, not my will. This is what I think might should happen, but let's do yours. I trust God in this. So you pray that, that God's will will be done in your situation, not what you think should happen. So we're going to praise God for, then we're going to trust God in, then you can go to the things that you want. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one. Then we go into our asking God to do. So we praise God for, we trust God in, and we ask God to. The reason why I think God put it in this order is many times when we get down to pray, we'll sit down and we'll go, okay, God, this is what I need. God, this is what I need. And we turn God into Santa Claus. And God is not Santa Claus. Okay? We just don't go to him for the stuff we need. Even if it is some stuff that we need, that's not the attitude of prayer that we go into. The first thing you do is you praise and you thank God. The first thing you do, God, I praise you, I thank you for whatever the need that, that's going to happen. Then after that, after you've praised God and you've thanked God, then you pray for God's will to happen in your situation, not what you think should happen. You pray what God's will is in all these things. So after you've praised and after you've trusted, that's going to change a little bit of the stuff that you ask for. Because now you're asking for things with Christ in mind. So for instance, you want to pray for your family. You want to pray for your kids. Okay? Now, you, need, you want your kids to change their behavior. <laughs> okay? So sometimes we go, we run to prayer, God, change my kid. Okay, let's start off with something. God, I praise you and I thank you for the kids that you have given me. My daughter is this, my son is this, and you have made them, they are kind, and they, uh, and, and you're praising and you're thanking God for your children. And you're coming up with things in your head to praise God and thank God for. And then you trust God for your kids. God, 
there are things that I want for my kids, but you know what? You love my kids more than I love my kids. So I'm going to trust you with what you have for them, what you have for them 50 years from now, but five days from now. God, I trust you. Now we get to asking God. And once you have this attitude of praise and thankfulness and God's will for your, that situation, now the things that we ask for change just a little bit. God, for my kids, God, I, just, I, I want them to follow you, and I want them to, all of a sudden, these, the things that we ask God for our kids to do changes just a little bit. Maybe you have a work situation. God, first of all, I thank you for the work that I have. It has been a, it, you have allowed me to make some money for this job. I've been able to pay some bills. God, I thank you for the opportunity that you have given me already in this job. God, I pray that your will would be done in this job. Where you have me, where you're going to lead me, where you're going to guide me, what's going on in this job, God, I pray that your will would be done in all situations. Now when it gets down to the what you want to ask God for, there's a, there's a mind shift, there's a change, and now what you're asking, God, this is what's frustrating me. <laughs> this is what's frustrating me. I am thankful for it, I'm trusting in you, but here are some frustrations that I have. But it, it completely changes. That's what, that's what Jesus has. Listen, when I prayed, I prayed last night for this service, this morning, right now, it's happening right now, and that's what I prayed. I said, God, I thank you that we have yet another opportunity to come into your house and to lift you up and to praise your name. I'm so thankful for that. Not everywhere in the world gets the opportunity to do this every single week. But here in Richmond, Texas, we get to come every single Sunday. I'm thankful for the people who are going to be in that room. I'm not going to look around and say, hey, where's so-and-so? No, no, no. I'm thankful for the people who are in this room and watching online. Thank you, God. God, I trust that what you want to happen in this service, I pray that that would happen. Not what I think should happen. You know, when I preach this message, I hope so-and-so listens to this part. No, 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 no. No, I pray that what you want to speak to your people, that you would speak to your people in that way. Now, God, what I ask, because now I'm praising, I'm trusting, what I ask is that your people would be open to prayer. That your people would be open to connecting with you. Not trying to figure it out themselves. Not trying to ask questions on you too. But that we would go to you because you are the answer. You are the answer, God. When we pray the way that Jesus tells us to pray, it, it completely softens our heart. And it leads us to the way that he wants us to go. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Then, give us, give us today our daily bread. Give us the things that we need. There are things that we need, yes. So we pray for that. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. There's sometimes we have to bring sin to the Lord. God, I've done this. My attitude was awful. And we come and we pray. And then help us into the future. Lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from the evil one who is going to attack us. 
what I try to do is I try to pray for maybe three things like this. I, I do three by three. But the point is, is that we stay connected to God. And as we stay connected with God, when our coworkers and our neighbors and our friends, when they have questions, like the disciples saw Jesus' life, they're not going to go to YouTube and Google. They're going to come to you. They're going to come to the church because they see your relationship with God. That's why I had you at the beginning of the service today, when you think of a prayer warrior, when you think of someone who prays, okay, if you, if you had something that you didn't know what to pray about, but you knew you had to pray, who would you ask to help you pray? If you had enough faith but didn't have as much know-how, okay, if your plan was to go to the cemetery and raise someone from the dead, who would you take with you, okay? Who would you take with you? That's what I'm talking about. Those people know how to pray, okay? Why do they know how to pray? Because they have a connection with God. And listen, you can have that connection with God too. You can pray. It's taking time to pray. So that's what we're going to do. Pastor Victor, come on up. He's going he's to play for us. And we are about to turn this place into a house of prayer. That's what Jesus told us to do. We are the church. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to turn this, this house into a house of prayer because we want this house to be a house of prayer. We want this house to be a house of prayer. When you have a problem, when you have a situation, the first thing you should do is pray. If this is a house of prayer, then that's the first thing you do. That's probably the second thing you should do and the last thing you should do because Jesus is the answer. So what I want to do here in just a second, I'm going to ask if you want to spread out, if you want to come to the altar, you can stay at your seat, that's fine. If you want to stand, there's some of you who are like me, you have to pace around a little bit while you pray, and that's okay. Get in your prayer closet here in the house of the Lord, okay? And we're going to pray. You say, what are we going to pray about? Well, you may have some things on your mind that you already want to pray about, but I've also got a list of some things that we, can, that we put on the screen as kind of a direction or maybe kind of a help that we can pray for. We're going to pray for Friendship Church. Pray that, a, that there is a spirit of love, spirit of unity, there's a spirit of action here at Friendship. Pray for the pastors and our leaders, that, there are, that they have wisdom and protection. We need to pray for our next generation, amen? Teenagers and kids. Pray for our teenagers and our children, our next generation. Pray for outreach to the lost, that people would know Man, praying for outreach, of the, I mean, praying for the lost. That three by three. God, thank you for the opportunity that I have to reach out to your lost, to the people who don't know you. God, I, I trust you. I don't know all the memory verses I probably should know, but God, I trust you that I would say the right words. I'm, I'm a little scared that I'm going to say it right, but, but God, I, I trust you to go out and witness and to talk to the lost. And so God, I ask this week for opportunities to reach out to the lost. That's that three by. Pray for our communities of Richmond, Katy, Rosenberg, Sugarland, etc. You can add Fulcher or some others. Pray for your family and friends. Pray for those in need. How about pray for the United States of America? You can add that one. 
But let's find a place to pray. Ready? One, two, three, go. Let's find a place to pray. And let's turn this place into what Jesus said it was supposed to be, a house of prayer. This is what Jesus said it was supposed to be. It's a house of prayer. So let's spend some time. And I don't know how long that time is, and it doesn't matter because it doesn't matter the time limit. What matters is that we turn this place into a house of prayer. Let's pray. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. We serve a good God, don't we? Amen. Amen. Listen, for those of you who are prayer warriors, show the, show the younger ones how to pray. Show them how to do it. It's okay. Take them out to coffee. It'll cost you a little bit, a little sacrifice. It's okay. Take them out for some coffee and pray with them. Me and Jeremiah over there at Mugs Coffee down, down here in the road, praying at Mugs Coffee. We don't care who's looking at us. Those of you who know how to pray, show those who don't how to pray. For those who are learning, I know I should pray, I know. Listen, you can pray. You can talk to the Lord, okay? Go home tomorrow morning, try it out. All right, God, I'm giving you 10 minutes. Let's try this. 10 minutes on the stopwatch. Here we go. We're going to pray. 10 minutes. That's fine. Praise God, trust God, ask God, okay? That 10 minutes will fly by, I promise. But just do it. In your car, getting ready in the morning, talk to the Lord. Just talk to the Lord. This is a house of prayer, but this is a house of prayer. This is a house of prayer. We stay connected to the vine. And that's how we do it, through prayer. Let me pray for you. Lord, I praise you. I thank you for this group of believers, this church. We are the church. And God, I I praise you for this time that we've had. I thank you for this opportunity, Lord. God, we, we want your will. That's what we want. We want your will for our lives. We want it, Lord. I know sometimes we think that we know best, but Lord, we, we want it. When it comes time to, to prayer, Lord, I just pray that we would talk to you, have that communication with you, that connection with God. That's what your will is. And so, Lord, I ask this morning for opportunities this week, pockets of places as we're driving from here to there, Change it to a Christian radio station. Talk to the Lord for a minute. There, there are many opportunities, more than we think, where we can take just a few minutes and we can talk to you, connect with you. Help us not to forsake those times of we're going to sit with our worship music and our, and our Bibles and we're going to spend the next 30 minutes, hour in prayer. Absolutely, we need those devotion times. But there are times also throughout the day, throughout the week, we can just stay connected to you. And I pray we would do that, Lord. That's what I ask for, for our people. For those who are prayer warriors, and they've been praying for 50 years, God, I pray that they would, they would lead those who aren't quite as sure, lead them in prayer and how to do it. And for those who are, who are learning and still trying to figure it out, God, I pray. <laughs> oh, you love, you love those who are just starting out in prayer too. You love them. You just want to talk just a minute, just to talk. God, I pray that they would have that boldness to step out and say, okay, God, we're going to give it a shot. 
and we're going to pray. I don't know what I'm doing, so God, help me out here. you got to talk a little bit too, Lord. That's okay. We're going to talk. We're going to stay connected with the Lord. And I pray that it would happen this week. God, we love you and we praise you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Listen, we are the church. We are the church. So service is over, but church is not, all right? We'll see you later.